Youth leadership in our area starts as young as kindergarten, and it's called Cub Scouts, with lots of fun activities like camping and hiking and team games and shooting bows and arrows and so much, much more. Parents, you can log on to CherokeeAreaBSA.com and learn how your kindergartner through fifth grader can join the journey of a lifetime. The rustle of leaves through the wind. The hoot of an owl. Crickets. The crackle of a well-built campfire. The sounds of nature surround us all. If we can just find it through the noise of everyday life. If you follow the Scout Trail, it'll lead you to nature, to real-life skills, leadership, and much more for the youth of our great nation. Welcome to Scout On Chattanooga, a podcast designed to encourage and embrace youth leadership right here in our area. Now, from the scenic city, here's Sean Whitfield, Jared Pickens, and Cubmaster Kyle. Hello and welcome to another edition of Scout on Chattanooga. I am Sean Whitfield. Joining me is the CEO of Boy Scouts of America, Cherokee Area Council, Jared Pickens, and Cubmaster Kyle. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Hey, how's it going? You know, as I look around the studio, Sean, I just think... (laughs) You see my lovely Your problem is looking, Kyle. The funny thing is, is no matter where I turn, I see a picture of Sean Whitfield. It's like I can't escape him. Hey, I mean, it doesn't get much better than being in this studio. And then you get to see me live on top of that. That's true. But think about how much money he saved on trying to get somebody to create a brand image. If it's just a picture of you... You're saving a lot of money. That's true. However, he's probably went through a lot of breaking cameras trying I, to get I, all these I, photos. I, Jared, I'm just glad. <laughs> I'm just glad weekends on US 101 isn't on video. Oh, that's right. That's right. Hey, my mama told me one time that I had a face for radio, and I thought it was a compliment. So. <laughs> now, it is a compliment. Now, just wait a, a minute. Bit. Since the last time I saw you, you've got a hiking stick. I do. What's it's, that all it's about? It's just a cane. Yeah, that's actually my what's up. So, do we want to say sure, that? Sure, go right or? into uh, well, Hey, Kyle, what's up? Now, I'll go now, ahead and hit you with For my those water. that are maybe listening for the first time, each time we get together for Scout on Chattanooga, we do a special segment called What's Up. We share one thing about each one of us that's going on in our world. It could be about anything. We go around the studio sharing. And so, we're going to start with Cubmaster Kyle today. So, um, I back in February, I took a hard step while I was carrying um, some stuff. And I heard a big crunch, Mm. and I thought I was going to cry the rest of that night. And I woke up, and it was just sore the next day. And it got it gradually got better. And then over the course of the last few months, it's got gotten significantly worse. So about a month ago, I went and uh, got a cortisone shot, and they said that I had some beginnings of arthritis and stuff. But they wanted to see if the cortisone helped, and obviously it didn't. And um, had to go get an MRI found out that i have um multiple tears in my left like inside meniscus you know Mm. you have one that faces the outside and one to the inside uh this is on the inside and then i've got um like a tear in the cartilage that holds the meniscus in place if i'm saying it right Mm. so um just found out this morning that i get to go have some arthroscopic surgery and uh, there's a chance that they can repair it, but if they can't, then they're just going to pull it out. So 
I'll either be with a cane for another two months or I'll be in a wheelchair for six weeks. I mm. don't know yet until we get in surgery, but that's going to happen so next week. if they pull it out, what are they going to replace it with? They don't replace it with anything. They um, smooth out what's left there and just kind of even it out to where it, it gives you a cushion. It's not a fail-safe. You know, eventually you have to have something else done to it, but it's, you know, I'm 36 years old and I don't want a total knee replacement yet. So mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a good start to, to get me a few more years out of there. And then they said uh, that I have got some bone weakening there as well from where the meniscus has actually slipped away and my knee, every time I take a step, it's been bone on bone with a little bit of cartilage in there. Mm. Um, so that I've got some wear there that they're going to have to deal with as well. So lots of lots of fun for me next week. <laughs> mm, man, I'm sorry. Uh, you mm. know, it's just a blessing that it, it's not any worse than uh, it is now. You know, I'm glad that I went when I did. And um, just my only problem with it is crap timing, you know, because it's moon pie season and scouts is kicking back up. We have like 30 new scouts in our group so far, something like that. So we've almost doubled our pack and we're getting ready to go camping. So it's just poor timing. And you're in a wheelchair for how long? Well, maybe, 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 maybe. He said if he can repair it, I'll be in a wheelchair for six weeks. If he just has to take it out, I'll be walking that day. So, hmm. we'll see how it goes. Well, cross, crossing fingers for the easier way, sir. Yeah, well, the good thing is, is if I'm in a wheelchair for six weeks, it means that he was able to repair it, which means I'll get longer life out of it before hmm. I have to have something else made. So, it's kind of a two-way street, you know, hmm. be down for two weeks or be out for six weeks and it lasts longer, but we, we won't find that out until they actually get into my knee and start looking at it, but... Uh, just appreciate everybody's thoughts and everybody that's been asking me about it when you see me out and about with my cane and did they to did they appreciate ever, y'all did they ever tell you that you might have a knee for radio <laughs> no no they didn't <laughs> i don't think he has a knee for uh, hiking with the Cub scouts right no now. no I, I told them at our camping trip i said regardless either way that it goes i said i'm gonna have to pull like i'm a scout master instead of a cub master and just pop my chair out and sit down and yeah. watch other people do stuff regardless mm. well i'm glad you got checked out though and that they i mean that's great that it sounds like they're they're gonna fix it it's just a matter of how that's great yeah and and i'll say this to anybody uh, and and i absolutely hate going to doctors but do not sit and wait when you have an issue like don't do what i did because they probably it probably would have been a whole lot easier fix six months ago Mm. right after it happened rather than me waiting for the longest and having to walk with a cane (laughs) yeah Hmm. Well, get well soon. Thank you. So, Jared, what's your what's up for the week or the month? Uh, well, I can't remember if I shared this or not. So I'm going to roll with it. And if I already shared it, I'll find something different. But, you know, me and my wife are expecting our second child in January. I don't think you've shared that on the podcast. So it's yeah. pretty exciting. And Officially, uh, congratulations publicly. Well, thank yeah. you. I thought I was supposed to be quiet about it a little longer. I didn't well, know. well, you were because we were waiting, you know, to get past the first trimester mm-hmm. and find out the gender and everything and i'm very excited because we're having another boy awesome so that's breaking that, news that means yep, that you're news. gonna be in scouts a little bit longer <laughs> theodore's just starting that's, as a lion right now that's right so. i gotta get my den up and running and uh-huh. uh yeah so um january mid-january uh i will say sean and know we're doing what's up but um it was really nice to see kim yesterday at the friends of scouting luncheon and i went up to her and, and uh 
I think I kind of scared her because I tapped her on the shoulder and she was like, turn around. I said, and she goes, oh, hey, Jared. I said, Kim, I just want you to know Sean constantly brags about being your husband. And and she was like, well, that's so nice. I was like, for real, he's really proud. So congratulations on your uh, thank you your events. You if know that what? was going to be your what's up. I'm sorry. You're, you're referring to uh, my wife now, yeah, Kim Chapman right. Whitfield. Oh, is and, it? It's uh, a it's a. She went hyphen. It's hyphen. a hyphen. Uh, no, there's no hyphen. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I I can obviously tell you don't watch News Channel Nine. No, I just don't think he pays that on, close of attention on. to whether I'm it's need, hyphenated or not. I'm going to need some crickets, Kyle. Because <laughs> she's been on News Channel 9 for the last two weeks in Fox Chattanooga with Kim Chapman Whitfield. So I'm just calling you out on what news station you watch. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> are you like Kyle? You watch it online. Or no, you're a Twitter guy. Oh, uh, Yeah, I read the Times Free Press every day. Do you? So I read the newspaper. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And I do a lot of Twittering. Well... Check reading. out News Channel 9 sometime. 6, My 10, bad. 11. Kim, <laughs> I'm sorry, Kim. You know I'm going to see her says, again tomorrow. Jared doesn't even watch your News Channel 9 at 6 newscast. <laughs> this is a lot of inference uh, going hey, on. I, I hate you to f- know that I walked up to her yeah. uh, yesterday and I Did said... you say the same thing? I said, I just want you to know that you looked absolutely stunning for the wedding. Whitfield, not so much, but you look <laughs> stunning. No, I didn't see the pictures. Yeah, you haven't. You can't say that about me because there's been no photos. I of me. there was gone. a photo of Let's you and your little like muscle long sleeve shirt that was kind of <laughs> unbuttoned, and you were showing off some of your uh, chest. Oh well, yeah, that but that wasn't any big deal. Yeah, and then you had your deal. little sporty sunglasses on that were way too small for your face. <laughs> well. There's a story behind the sunglasses. Right, gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. Wait a, Wait a minute. I don't think anybody needs to be talking about something that's too small, too small on their body. All right. I knew, I knew this was coming. No. I knew this was coming. The story, the story on the sunglasses is we got to Mexico, uh-huh. and I forgot my sunglasses. Oh, so you had to buy like a cheapo pair? No. We, at the resort, they had a, a gift shop. They only had Ray-Bans, Oakleys, and another designer brand. The cheapest pair of sunglasses... Oh, I know. It's probably crazy. The cheapest pair was $375. That sounds about right. For the cheapest. They started at $375 and went up to $7-something. So we're out at the pool there in the resort, and uh, we got to talking to a couple from Texas. Mm -hmm. And I had a cap on, and I just made a comment. I said, yeah. I said, man, be glad you've brought your sunglasses because I forgot mine, and I uh, went into the gift shop, the, or the guy first said, he said, well, you know, they got them in the gift shop. I said, yeah, I went in there. But I said, man, they start at 375 so I'm not even going to go there uh, and, and get that. And he said, well, hey, I've got an extra pair in my room. Here, let me just give you these. And so he took takes his sunglasses off and hands them to me. I said, no, no, I don't want to take your sunglasses. He said, no, I insist. He said, it makes me feel good to be able to give. Mm-hmm. And he says, no, I insist. Please take my sunglasses. He said, I got another brand new pair of Ray-Bans in, uh, in the room. So I took the sunglasses and I wore them the rest of the trip. So those were actually uh, my buddy Scotty from Denton, Texas, that I met on the, our vacation, mm-hmm. gave me those pair of sunglasses to wear. Well, now I feel bad making so, fun of So you. see, it wasn't even my sunglasses. However, yeah. I'm going to... Send the sunglasses back to him with a nice little gift in the mail and a thank oh, you note. Oh, wow. Because cool. He was nice enough to do that for me. I'm but, looking uh, at this. These actually look like they fit pretty well. 
Uh, I'm looking I mean, on Facebook. Here. You know, when it's 90 degrees and humid, and you're at the beach, you'll you don't care if they look like they came from Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, I you'll, can see him with take, like a pair of Mickey Mouse yeah, yeah. coming out of his sunglasses, and, and the sun's bright. It'd be many. I mean, yeah, you you, you know, you'll take <laughs> anything. And, and I, I had already held the little oh, ribbon. I had already been without sunglasses for a couple hours this particular first day. You were squinting hard. Oh, I was the whole time. So it was just instant relief. So, but, uh, so is this leading to a what's up for you, Sean? Yes, it is. But before we get to my what's up, uh, we had the luncheon this week on uh, Tuesday, August 30th. Huge success. Very well attended. Uh, would you like to add to that? Yeah, it was. I tell you. Um, we did something, I think, I think to me, my personal highlight, of course, we had a great speaker in Kevin Lace of American Sniper fame and uh, appreciate his service to our country and hearing about some of his personal scouting adventures and stories with his children. But mm-hmm. to me, the highlight of the event was we tried this new thing where we had four Eagle Scouts actually be the MCs of the event and kind of carry through the whole program. And uh, man, that was really cool. I thought it was awesome. Uh, it yeah. turned out great, and I think the one of the best compliments we received was I got an email late la- last night or this morning um, from someone from Georgia uh, who's a donor, mm-hmm. and Trous Heiss from Rock Spring, Georgia, was one of our Eagle Scout MCs, mm-hmm. and um, made the comment said, "Hey, you know this whole thing with you know having Eagle Scouts be the MC that was so cool." Because a lot of people, this is this person talking, a lot of people at my table remember when he was just a kid and he was really shy and introverted and it was difficult public speaking. And for those of you who weren't there yesterday, Trouse was kind of our opener and closer because he was strong. Yeah. And this particular donor was like, wow, that was so cool because these, these people sitting at my table got to see the evolution of Trouse as a mm-hmm. human being through yeah. scouting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a great event. The only thing that I was hoping to get a little extra of was Kevin Lacey. He really didn't say much at all about the movie American Sniper. He didn't. You're right. And I was a bit surprised. I, I was really wanting to get a few nuggets or two of what that movie was about for him. Yeah, he flashed that picture up on the screen Yeah, for like just a few seconds and then it was and, and several at my table were kind of like me man we want to hear about that movie I guess you got to read the book man I guess so he's got a book Kyle you read the book I am it's probably one of my favorite military reads that I've ever read really um, what's it called again it's called The Last Punisher and I would highly recommend y'all to pick that up and and give it a read or a listen however you take in your liter- literature yeah all right, cool. All Your right, what's up? My what's up? Uh, as we were sharing a moment ago, I got married recently. Uh, my wife and I, Kim Chapman Whitfield, we went to Mexico, had a uh, honeymoon and wedding at the Excellence Resort there. Uh, beautiful resort, one of our favorite vacation destinations. We uh, have traveled there before. We uh, got married on the beach, and they have a wedding staff at the resort. They assign you with a wedding coordinator and photographer and and so on and so forth and so we met with the wedding coordinator on a monday our wedding was on a wednesday afternoon at three o'clock so the plan was we were uh they had a staying in a, a section of the resort called the club the excellence club which is just a little bit 
upper tier uh, level of service and amenities and all uh, for guests staying there at the resort. In the club area, they have a place called the Excellence Club Lounge, and they it's a nice area. It's, they have food and uh, televisions and couches and, and a bar and so on and so forth. So it's a, a really nice atmosphere. So the plan was I was to go to the Excellent Club at 2 o'clock to allow Kim to get ready. She had already been to the spa, had her hair and makeup done there at the resort. She was going to be getting her wedding gown and all that sort of stuff on after I left. She didn't want me to see her in it. So I go to the Excellent Club, and, of course, keep this in mind. I had my cell phone in my pocket. However, I never looked at my cell phone the entire time from the time I left the suite till the time I was getting on the beach to begin our wedding ceremony. So just kind of keep that in the back of your mind. So anyway, I'm in the Excellence Club, uh, had some punch, and was just trying to relax and get over the nerves and all that kind of stuff. The plan was the wedding coordinator was coming to pick me up at 2.45, and we were going to walk down to the beach together. So in fact, she did. We get to the edge of the boardwalk there where you're going down to the beach. They had a wet red carpet. They already had music playing. So I walked down there, get down to the end of the red carpet, they had a nice little display, you know, they would have for a wedding. I don't know what you would call it, but it had flowers and everything overhead. And I'm standing there talking to the minister. Music's playing, and all of a sudden, it's 3 o'clock. So the music changes. The music changes. I look up. There's Kim. She begins walking down the aisle uh, on the red carpet. She comes down, greets me, looking, you know, stunningly beautiful. We began the wedding proceedings. The uh, minister went through some verses and, uh, you know, saying a few words. This went on for, I don't know, three or four minutes. Then we get to the part to where it's an exchange of our vows. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, it hits me like a ton of bricks. I forgot the rings. No, you didn't. Oh, no. So all of a sudden, we're getting into that part of the ceremony. I look at Kim and I said, you don't happen to have the rings, do you? And I whisper this. (laughs) By this time, we had about 30 or 40 onlookers looking over. You know, they were up on the uh, pool deck and Uh on the beach and, you know, watching the ceremony, even though they weren't anybody we knew. They're just waiting to see if anybody objects. Yeah. Yeah. They're watching that that beach wedding going on. So I whispered to her, I said, do you have the ring? And she said, no, didn't didn't you get my text? I said, (laughs) what text? She said, I text you and ask you if you had the rings. Well, she texted me about 2.40 when I was in the club lounge, but I never was looking at my phone, so mm-hmm. I didn't get her text. <laughs> so I whisper back to her and ask her this dumb question. I said, can we just fake this part, and I'll put your ring on when we get in the suite? Mm-hmm. She looks at me in this straight face and says, no. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, go, Kim. And I thought, okay, uh, that was a dumb question to start with. And so I look at the minister and I said, uh, I forgot the rings. <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> so I go, so they stopped the music. I leave Kim on the beach in her wedding gown with the minister. I go sprinting up the red carpet, running off the beach, running to the suite. Now, keep in mind, it's 90 degrees and you could cut the humidity mm-hmm. with a knife. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm embarrassed. I'm humiliated. I am every kind of emotion you can think of that's not good. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I sprint back to the suite. I go back to the suite. I go to my briefcase bag to get the rings, and I can't find the rings. Oh, no. Were they in your pocket? <laughs> no. They were in a side compartment mm-hmm. that I had forgotten. I'd stuck them in. And so all of a sudden, I'm digging through there, and then I'm starting to panic. And then I'm just like wanting to rip the bag apart. So finally, I remember I stuck it in the side compartment to have them hidden in case somebody got my bag or whatever. And so I got the rings, took them out of the jewelry boxes, put them on my pinky finger, and I thought, I can't lose these rings between here and the beach. Mm. So I go running out out of the, out of the suite there, back down the, the walkway to the beach, running down onto the beach. Because and then they start the music back up, <laughs> and so I know everybody that were onlookers. I was calling them onlookers. Were wondering what in the heck's going on with that guy? Somebody up there is like Janine. Look, he's back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, did, did he? He, get mu- he must have had to go to the restroom. <laughs> he, he got scared, and he's not going to marry this woman. And so I had the rings, and so we begin the ceremony, and we get married. So we're exiting off the beach, and they greet us with uh, two glasses of champagne. The wedding coordinator did, and we do a toast, and we get up there, and I, you know, the ceremony's now over, and I, I look to wedding coordinator, and I'm just feeling mm-hmm. awful, totally humiliated, embarrassed, sweating like a pig, and I, uh, I looked at the wedding coordinator, and I said, "Has anybody ever done something so stupid as I have?" She says, uh, "No, you're the only one." You're the, no. <laughs> She said, you're the only second person to do something this stupid and starts laughing. But she says, you got a really cool story to share. That is a cool story. And that so is. anyway, that is my what's up in my wedding wow. story. Best what's up of the <laughs> podcast of the ever. I say the <laughs> ever. ever yeah. yeah. History of the podcast. So Kim was not mad. She wasn't upset. She, she you know gave me uh, room to uh, laugh about it or she laughed about it or we both laughed about it and everything was good. That's a great story. I think my favorite thing is imagining all of the onlookers when you just took off running oh, yeah. and someone's like, you know, you just oh shoot Brad, this guy just quit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something well, must my, have happened. I, I, I only have one question for you. What's that? Did you wear blue jeans during the ceremony? I had on a pair of uh, black slacks <laughs> when he, oh, and a white long when, sleeve shirt. When he, gotcha. when I must say, I was not going to say it, <laughs> but now that you said it, when he said he was sweating like a pig, I wanted to say, you mean like somebody going to camp in blue jeans sweating hard? <laughs> no, no. It was much, much worse. We're going to have to come off this blue jeans thing. Much yeah. worse. I think once I, mean, I brought it up at the board meeting a couple of weeks ago, we were probably <laughs> at the end of it. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is that it only came up because, uh, and then I guess this is a really positive, is one of our board members was doing a presentation and started talking about the podcast and was uh-huh. like, yeah, Sean's podcast, and it's great. And I listen to it when I'm going back and forth to Oak Ridge. And so it was yeah. really kind of a neat testimony that we've got people listening out mm. there. Yeah. It was. So anyway, that's my what's up. And so my advice is to always make sure you have the rings in your pocket if you're someone out there that ever gets married or you're about to get married. Because it's a war, it's a horrible feeling when you get up there and you're about to get started and you don't have the rings. All right, guys. Well, I am um, super excited about our guest today. It is Dawson Wheeler of Rock Creek fame, and he also has the um, Day Fire podcast that he does with Clint Powell. And um, this time around, we're actually not going to do our normal campfire conversation because 
Um, coming up next, we're going to do like a longer extended interview with Dawson just about his career and about what scouts did for uh, Rock Creek and what Rock Creek did for scouts. And just um, it's going to be an incredible interview. I'm excited about this, y'all. Yes, Dawson's got a very fascinating story. And uh, we're looking forward to that conversation. So we come back after the break. We'll get into conversation with Dawson Wheeler. We've got uh, a lot more Scout on Chattanooga to go as we continue. For Jared Pickens, Cupmaster Kyle, I'm Sean Whitfield. More after this brief message. We'll be back with more. This is Scout on Chattanooga, the podcast. For more than 100 years, the Order of the Arrow has recognized scouts and scout leaders who best exemplify the scout oath and law in their daily lives. Arrow men are known for maintaining camping traditions and spirit and for providing cheerful service to others. OA service, activities, adventures, and training for youth and adults are models of quality leadership, development, and programming that enrich and help to extend scouting to America's youth. For more info on the OA and scouting in our area, Area, visit CherokeeAreaBSA.com. My name is Jada, and I'm a Cub Scout. I'm here to talk to you today about becoming a Cub Scout like me. Cub Scouts get badges for doing fun activities, and we make friends. Scouts go camping, climbing, fishing, and swimming together. We have fun. We play sports and go to parades. Scouts also help people and become the best versions of themselves. Visit BeAScout.org to find a path near you. Now back to Scout on Chattanooga. As we continue Scout on Chattanooga, I am Sean Whitfield along with Jared Pickens and Cubmaster Kyle. And gentlemen, we've got another guest joining us here today in the studio. And he is someone that uh, I'm looking forward to our conversation with. He's an entrepreneur, outdoorsman. He's the co-host of Dayfire Podcast and a man that's enjoying retirement. And that is none other than Dawson Wheeler. Wheeler. Hello, Dawson. How are you doing today? I am doing great. Thank Thanks for, for having me. Yeah, glad to have you. This is a studio you're very familiar with. I with, am. With Dayfire. So uh, we're glad to, to keep you around here today. Uh, Dawson, you grew up in the outdoors business as far as an adult, and, and I'm assuming probably outdoors was important to you growing up as a kid. Is that Would that be a fair assessment? Yeah, I mean, uh, it started, I grew up in Etowah, Tennessee, and uh, the way my mother and father kind of rolled it was, you know, at four or five, we slept on the carport, and then at seven, we were in the backyard, and by nine or ten they were taking us down towards star mountain and just dropping us off for the day and you know kind of a i was raised kind of feral yeah i, <laughs> I think yeah i would kind of look back and kind of wonder if my parents really were hoping they would lose me on any particular day and drop me off but yeah we spent a lot of time in the outdoors so you did a lot of camping i'm assuming yeah a lot of camping hiking uh wandering around the woods fishing my mother was kind of an odd lady of kind of a combination of annie oakley and shirley temple kind of Mm -hmm. married together she could fix a car and put on a face of makeup and and just just love to be outside my dad was a little less than that but he was more of a golfer yeah <laughs> what do you say hey, that's still outside when, when you said you know for the listeners out there who can't see the face that you made it was a, it was almost a very wrinkled face of disgust when you said golfer there's a, there's a long story that goes along with my dad and i's golfing career together that uh i've now decided that i'll take up golf at a later point in my life so i'm, I'm thinking yeah. it's uh 
a little older game for me at some point. <laughs> but, gotcha. but it requires a lot of patience too. <laughs> it does. It does. I mean, it's a it's a wonderful game. It's a high skill game. It's just a game that you know. It's a full day. If I've got a full day, I'd rather spend it in the mountains. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So you had your childhood in Etowah, Tennessee. How did you end up in Chattanooga? I came to the Baylor school uh, to play football. Uh, my mother knew her Barks, the headmaster at the time, and I guess starting in the sixth grade, we had a uh, annual that was put on the coffee table, and eventually around the eighth grade, I picked it up and thumbed through it. My mother was super excited. She said, hey, you want to go see that place? And I, I did. It was either that or McMinn Central, and mm-hmm. and uh, I thought, well, you know, let's go see what my options are. We came down here and looked, and, and I thought, man, I'm going to – I'm going to come down here. So yeah. came down as a dorm rat in 1974, and uh, yeah, graduated in 1977. So fast forward through those years, you made the decision that you were going to be an entrepreneur and get into the outdoors business. Yeah, talk about that a little bit, and uh, also the name of the business. Yeah. So in uh, very short, when I was in high school, my uh, future business partner marvin webb and i were best friends we played sports together and we had a conversation in the quadrangle about what you wanted to be when you grew up and you know it you want to be a fireman a policeman you want to whatever you want to be and we both said we want to be uh in the outdoor business i think at the time it was you know our vision was yule gibbons walking around the woods with a flannel shirt you know checking camping permits and Mm -hmm. you know doing things like that uh, Marvin goes to college. I go to college. Marvin goes off into a consulting business in Atlanta. I am a writing policy for HCA Corporation and working in uh, mental health. And uh, I get married. Uh, we do a fundraiser for Reflection Riding, which is a walkathon. We hike the Appalachian Trail. While we're on there, we run into a guy from National Geographic. We do a book with National Geographic. Uh, I work five years in mental health. I'm giving you the quick spin. Uh, the old Canoeist headquarters store here in town had the book sitting on their coffee table. They figured, hey, let's call this guy and see if maybe he's interested. So we got a phone call. I got a phone call. And uh, we looked at the business and uh, ultimately struck a deal and bought the mm-hmm. old Canoeist headquarters as soon as my business partner what year was that dawson it was in 1985 uh so bought it and i had it for about a month and marvin who was in atlanta heard that came up we had this very conversation he said you remember when we were in the quadrangle of baylor and (laughs) we had that that conversation when we were kids about what we he goes i think it's so cool you're doing that yeah and i've been down in in atlanta working at blue ridge mountain sports on the weekends because i've been kind of thinking about it and literally like an hour later it was like let's get the band back together what do you think and uh so that was kind of the start of us beginning to think about being business partners and so that was in 1984. Five. 80, yeah. 85. Yeah. Then you chose the name Rock Creek. Yeah. So we, uh, Marvin and I get together. Uh, we go, I mean, we got together and, and Marvin was work. We spent two full days 
uh, in quarantine asking questions about being business partners basically everything you know what do you consider to be a full-time job what happens if one of us gets hurt uh i mean that's a good idea i've never thought about doing when you're yeah. getting ready to do you know, something uh, on somebody in business should, right? should, should our wives be involved how do we make decisions uh what success mean to you you know all these kinds of things so we kind of went through that once we got in we knew we wanted to change the name from canoeist headquarters because we wanted it to be broader than the name implied canoe right and uh so we started uh ultimately we came up with rock slash creek rock for rock climbing creek for paddling and the slash was part of the logo and delineating it so the first year it was uh, canoeist headquarters and rock creek outfitters and then the logo was designed so we could just pull canoeist headquarters out and become rock creek now i'm not familiar with canoeist headquarters but one question that comes to my mind was that a locally Hmm. chattanooga business yeah actually uh two guys owned it a guy named don hickson and don bodley owned it don bodley uh was a uh engineer for tva and he didn't work inside the company but a little bit and don hickson was a chemist actually that worked and was kind of the managing partner or the day-to-day manager on on site and they were really pioneers in the canoeing industry they uh, don hickson especially worked with some of the early canoe companies that developed what's called uh, rolex or abs abs plastic which was the first material used in whitewater canoes besides aluminum that we all remember that old grumman canoe kind mm-hmm. of thing yeah so well i'll i'll give you an early compliment dawson okay um, so you know i'm new to town yeah i just hit two years tomorrow Kelico. Oh, that's right. two years tomorrow and um when i've visited towns working for the boy scouts one thing that I always notice is whether or not the town or you know the metro area has local outdoor stores, um, and there, there's a significant difference in places, um, towns, cities that don't have a local outdoor store versus the ones that do in terms of their outdoor community. And one of the first things I noticed about Chattanooga is that Rock Creek and and that brand and people talking about it. And I, I went to the store and so. Um, you know, I think that's just an endorsement of your vision. And I know you're out of the day to day and all that. I think you are anyway. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, just an endorsement of your vision and, and a congratulations on, on seeing that played out. We, we wanted the um, Rock Creek to be a town center. That was kind of part of it is a, a community gathering place, storytelling place. You know, you could show up and go hey there you know i was out doing this today and i saw that you know and we'd all go yeah that'd be great man come by and so it was really became a storytelling thing and then uh we wanted to be teachers you know so teaching was very important we didn't want to be kind of sales guys we wanted to kind of really kind of be selling gear towards safety like you need this to be safe in the woods not you need this because we can sell you a hundred dollar item uh-huh. you know so what what the 
I've only been here two years. Yeah. Where was the original Rock Creek? The yeah. actual location? Yeah, the original one was out on, the, it was at Canoe's headquarters. It was on Hicks and Pike. It was right uh, uh, near Northgate in an old, dilapidated uh, little strip wood building kind of thing. Yeah, it was just a tiny little spot actually and when did y'all start because there's multiple rock creeks or at least they're yeah we we grew to nine and and then uh the dot-com business at one point became about 50 percent of our business so our high water mark uh in the in what i would call our golden years when was during that phase when we were you know we were running a I don't know, a 35, 40,000 square foot distribution center on our dot com. And we were really, we were really shipping a lot of product around. Wow. Yeah, it was actually a big deal. I think I while. may have bought some things from your website in yeah. the the era of Camp Moore and Moose Jaw and, yeah. and those. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. There were several others um, that I remember. And I, so when I came to town, I remembered the you Rock are dating Creek brand. yourself a little bit with Moose, yeah. Moose Jaw, right? <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to look young over here, but, but, but as soon as you threw out Moose Jaw, you 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 put yourself in a particular group right there. It's awesome for those that are listening out there, and maybe they're not that familiar with Rock Creek. They've heard the name, but perhaps not familiar with what Rock Creek was all about or is all about. It was more of sort of a superstore for anything to do with the outdoors. Is that a fair assessment? Uh, it was, we didn't do any kind of bike stuff. We did nothing with motors and we did nothing in terms of hunting and, and fishing. So those were the areas we didn't touch. Uh, backpacking, hiking, running, everything related to kayaking and canoeing. Uh, rock climbing was a big focus for us, mountaineering. Uh, we dabbled a little bit in the ski side of things, you know, from a clothing and apparel point of view. Yeah. And then you retired a few years ago from the business. Yeah, we sold the company uh, to Camping World originally, uh, a public company that you see that runs RVs and all that. They came mm-hmm. in and beat Marcus Lamonis, actually, the profit TV show guy. Uh, called us out of the blue. It was a kind of a long story about me mentoring somebody that was that ultimately bought uh, his business, and then uh, six months later, I got a call about, "Hey, we'd like to buy your company." Mm-hmm. Marvin and I were kind of looking at the uh, when you the problem with owning your own business is the exit, as you probably know as well. Is you know how how are you going to exit out? Mm-hmm. And typically in retail, you've got a number of leases. So the more you're growing, uh, the more risk you're taking on to keep going with your growth. It, it's kind of counterintuitive intuitive to, to what any uh, investment person would tell you, right? Minimize mm-hmm. your risk as you get older. But in retail and private business, your risk is accelerating. So it, it's a bad formula. Uh, we had priced the company out and we saw and the offer we got was really close to about four different evaluations we had had through the years. So uh, we sold it. They subsequently sold it a couple of years later to a group out of Arkansas uh, called Gearhead, who owns about another 15 stores in that Arkansas, Louisiana, Missouri kind of zone out there. Mm-hmm. Really good group of people out there. It's a good fit. And yeah. they've kind of carried on and, and I, I drop by from time to time. They're they're 
doing well. Yeah. So since your retirement from Rock Creek, you've been enjoying life. You've been doing a lot of travel, a lot of outdoor trips. You're also co-hosting a podcast now. So mm-hmm. sort of share with us a little bit about your podcast and uh, what life's been like for you. Yeah. So uh, one thing I've learned in retirement is how employable you can be when you work for free. Uh, (laughs) So I I am highly sought after at this point, but I do a lot of philanthropic work in in uh, the outdoor space. Yeah. So uh, Cumberland Trail Conference, Reflection Riding. I've been on Tennessee River Gorge Board to to name some local stuff here around Chattanooga. that's pretty important to me. I made my living on the back of the outdoors, so giving back into those communities is pretty important. Um, I do a lot of travel. Uh, you know, the old joke about getting in the outdoor business is the quickest way out of the outdoors is to get into the outdoor business. Uh-huh. You know, cause hey, you, I, I resonate it, with that. You understand yeah. that? I it, absolutely it, do. In fact, I tell. It's already cut you off. No. But I tell people all the time. You know, like, oh yeah. You work for the Boy Scouts, you know. That, so that's you're out great. You must be, you know, yeah. this and they do that. And I, I say, you know, the last time I went truly camping or on a, a journey or a trip myself for fun, yeah, that that I consider was a, a quality trip, not just like you know going camping, you know, the dump camp, uh, was before I started working for the Boy Scouts. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's been nice to get back out. Both my sons live in the West, so. Uh, and then one of my biggest passions, skiing. So I spent a lot of time in the winter. I spent about seven weeks a year in Vail and, and ski out there, just a big block of the winter time. And then I love to ride bikes and stuff. So uh, I joined the van life sprinter van movement a couple of years ago and built out a, a sprinter van and I travel around. And uh, I've got a very understanding wife when it comes to travel. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. aren't you gone almost two months during the winter? Yeah, I'm gone at least seven <laughs> weeks then, and then I usually am gone for a couple of months in the summertime. My wife, anytime I have a crazy adventure idea, has a standard answer. Uh, I think you should. You deserve it. So nice. uh, she's a very independent lady and doesn't need me to entertain her. Uh, and uh, sometimes it's a little alarming how quick that answer comes <laughs> <laughs> so so dawson let me let me ask you a couple scout questions here sure. so I, I am curious so you open up brock creek yeah and, and you're in the store all the time uh, right i mean you're in there 24 7 do you remember the first encounter that you had with a scout in your store and what was that like uh well, we were talking off air, and, and one of the things we talked about is just kind of how we hired and trying to find subject matter experts and, you know, how do you, you know, what qualifications is and uh, what would we hire for at any level in our organization. Uh, scouting, uh, the Eagle Scout qualification for Rock Creek and the outdoor space was like the gold standard. If we saw somebody come in and they go in the middle of a conversation, hey, I'm an Eagle Scout, by the way, that would be the show stop, head turn, we're hiring that person as soon as possible. We never let mm-hmm. an Eagle Scout get away from us. All the way up through our senior level, you've actually interviewed Mark McKnight, who is one of our three senior level, you know, kind of O-suite kind of guys, and Mark was an Eagle Scout. so. 
uh, for anybody listening, going out and going through scouting, it, is it worth the time besides all the fun and skill sets and the camaraderie uh, from what it's going to do for your future on a resume? Unbelievable. Um, we engaged ourselves locally a lot with different troops, you know, coming out and doing, you know, anything from training to just having special nights for them to come in and do stuff. And so it was, you know, the doors were always open. Uh, we did that the same with uh, the Girl Scouts as well. A um, little different. I, I, a funny story. I went once to do a shoe clinic, a boot clinic for a uh, brownie. I think it was a brownie group uh-huh. in Fort Oglethorpe and uh, got there. And so my version of boots was hiking boots. But their version was was broader than that. <laughs> so, it, you know, like boots with heels. Uh-huh. So the girls had a lot of questions around boots with heels and cowboy boots and a lot of things. And so it was kind of funny. It was a good lesson <laughs> of, of like qualifying your audience before you went. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, no, it was good. Yeah. No, and in when we're talking about scouting you've actually had some dealings with the council as well with the cherokee area council mm-hmm. i believe you've been to skymont once or twice and uh, and looked at our cope course up there right? yep went up there a couple of times I, I uh my original background was guiding and doing leadership development work and and back in in, in the early days they called it project adventure it was the original ropes course group uh, a guy named carl ronke wrote the books uh, and developed the, the, the first ropes courses. The first ropes courses were developed out, out of actually British military, uh, and they were done without uh, blaze. They were mm-hmm. they were built much lower to the ground. The, the confidence courses were you know ten twelve feet instead of you know now you try to get those things way up in the air for all the excitement and be on rope and stuff. Yeah. Yep. So let's talk a little bit about uh, what you've been doing today. You're co-hosting the podcast with yep. clint powell you're right so tell us a little bit about what the podcast is about and also how people can find it yeah so day fire podcast we are uh, we have three topics we cover we cover public lands and that could be anything related to uh private nonprofit land to state forest to federal to uh national parks we talk about uh, wayfinding where to go when to go how to go uh, and then we talk uh, extraordinary adventures by ordinary people. And you can find us at dayfirepodcast.com or uh, both on Instagram and Facebook as well. We do a weekly podcast. And talking about extraordinary people, um, I got to talk to Dawson one time, and I can't remember the guy's name, but I read the book. It was The Unlikely Through Hiker. If you're ever looking for a good Derek book. Derek Logo. Yeah. Yeah. That book was fantastic, and if you do the audible version of it, um, he narrates it himself. But just learning, this guy shows up um, to hike the Appalachian Trail not knowing literally a thing about hiking and and winds up making it. He's a minority out of uh, Brooklyn, mm-hmm. too. He, uh, he is uh, Hispanic and African-American. He shows up. Yeah, he, uh, he didn't have a clue. No. He's actually on, it's funny you bring him up, he is doing uh, the Continental Divide right now. There's three major trails in the United States. Mm-hmm. As you guys know, there's the Appalachian Trail, the Pacific Crest Trail, and then the Continental Divide. They form a group of what's called the Triple Crown. 
uh but he's out there right now and he's about to complete it oh wow yeah it's pretty neat i've been following that's all just to go from that like knowing nothing to in the six months that it takes to hike the appalachian trail Mm -hmm. no the knowledge that came from it was just incredible to read about i thought his book was really good didn't you yeah yeah i I couldn't put it down yeah i got done with it in just a few short days (laughs) yeah yeah it's good and I would encourage people too, uh, Dawson, to check out your website, uh, dayfirepodcast.com. You guys have got nearly 200 podcasts. We do. Yeah. yeah. We've uh, we've kind of worked ourselves up into the top 2% of podcasts. So our audience, I think, right now is uh, seven countries, 49 states, a uh, fair amount of listeners out there. I think there's plenty of states we have one. Yeah. but we got one so <laughs> we'll take that one it, it, it's, I mean. <laughs> it's a very well done uh, podcast very well done website thank you and easy to navigate and so any uh, scouts out there listening especially uh, check out the website i'm sure you'll find uh, a topic that you would like to hear so so dawson i, I want to ask you looking forward right yeah into the future future of the outdoors what role do you see scouting playing in 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 that positive future you see and what does that look like you know uh barriers to entry are always a challenge for for everybody getting into the outdoors and in the uh, scouts deal with barriers to entry and and some of those barriers to entry can be skill sets and they can also be wayfinding and they can also be in in the form of leadership skills. And so uh, scouting brings all that to the table in a a very uh, easy way. You know, it's it's not threatening, it's uh, easy to do, the the cost is low, so all those barriers, uh, it can be co-ed today. So it it is, uh, for anybody that's in, in that age bracket, it's a great way to be involved. And it's also, I think what my experience has been is it's also great for uh, adults, parents of these children. It's also a great way because in a lot of times you'll find, uh, we did at Rock Creek, that you have a very enthusiastic child, but 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 the parents don't have outdoor skill sets, right? And, 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 and then no parent wants to have to to admit that right in in a sport or the outdoors or anything you know dad dad knows how to do everything or mom Mm -hmm. knows how to do everything and so scouting provides that for an adult too really i mean you can join you know you can be an associate master or scout master you can volunteer on days and you can kind of learn those skills as well so it it really serves it's, it's not just serving the, the latency age or early adolescent or adolescent, it, it also gives an opportunity for the parent or, or the mentor or whoever's keeping up with the child, I think. You know, I, Dawson, I, that's a great point and one that I have when I am in conversations with community leaders across Chattanooga is I remind mm. them, okay, yeah, we've got you know a few thousand youth that are registered, um, but we've got, I think right now the number, Kyle, is over 900 um, yeah, volunteer leaders. leaders that are yeah. registered and active and yeah. each one of those people represents a whole nother family um, at least half of them are people who've completed their scouting journey with their children or their grandchildren and are continuing on and and so you're really looking you know i like to think about how many families right are, are we reaching out to how many different households are, are we reaching and so 
I appreciate you bringing that up. No, I think it. I think it's super important. You know, the the outdoors today. Uh, what it can do for you to be out there on a hundred different levels in terms of confidence and leadership and acquiring, you know, a very lifelong skill set. Um, it 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 really also uh, gets, you know, Facebook and Instagram portray it in in a, in a way that you guys probably read about this all the time because they're putting up images of all these hikes and and things and some of these things uh, have real consequences, right? And if you don't have programs like scouting, uh, you could get a little enamored with some of these outdoor activities and you could kind of put yourself in a, in a spot you don't want to be. Absolutely. And that's where you want that professional organization to work with and kind of stair step you appropriately through all these different activities along the way. Yeah, at least once a year I see a, a, a national piece which has been picked up from a local affiliate somewhere where there's a scout troop somewhere that found someone hiking somewhere who injured something and the scouts find this person and they, you know, bring them back, apply first aid, basic first aid and, and bring them back. And so I'm always encouraged by that. Mm-hmm. And, and it certainly represents what you're saying. And, and we have a large safety emphasis in the Boy Scouts as well mm-hmm. and, and continue to work through that. And, um, you know, Kyle could probably speak to that. I mean, you're, you're a Cub Scout leader. Yeah, well, I mean, just the... Um the safety that we go through um you know we just wrapped up our friends of scouting luncheon the other day and um kevin that spoke at it had a big emphasis on um scouting is a safe way to fail like we're sure. we're there to to make sure that the kids can fail in a safe environment and that it's a lot safer even than when i was a kid in the 90s um, the kind of training and the kind of courses that our adult leaders and our volunteers and professional scouters go through to make sure um, that safety is the highest priority in scouting. So, Dawson, I am curious. You know, we do have a lot of scouting leaders that listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Maybe top two or three pieces of advice you'd have for them as leaders. I mean, you worked with guides. You worked with, with people that were taking others on excursions. You know, maybe top two or three things. Uh you know, for me, taking people in the outdoors, I think the success uh, of any trip, be it an hour or, or multi-day, is really in the attempt. And, you know, being, uh, it takes a lot for a lot of people just to commit to go. And so um, embracing that, I think, is really important. I think, it, you know, not everybody is going to be you know, you're always going to have that star athlete that's going to be wanting to go off the front, and then you're going to have people that are going to be a little more reserved, both physically or, or maybe they're a little more introverted. And so, you know, as a leader, you've got to balance that group out, and uh, and you've got to do it in a way that you bring the, the, the group along. And you might be able to do that by giving different tasks inside the group, you know, and, and train them and step a little farther back. But... Uh, you know unless you take on um you know a trail race or something you know it's not a competition so uh 
now with that said you know we, we <laughs> with young people that you know you want to be first you know in line and, and and race to the top of the mountain but but still i think uh processing you know just the whole day is important your most useful piece of equipment that someone might not think of for the outdoors uh, i'm a big believer in navigation I don't think anybody that's going in the woods should uh, not know how to navigate. So, and I would start with with old school map and compass. Uh, it doesn't require a battery, and uh, you don't have to recharge it. So, you should start there and uh, make sure all these other uh, uh, you know apps and phones and gps equipment you know they can fail on you but a map and compass won't so uh most people don't want to start there <laughs> these days i'm not always in our scout shop Cubmaster kyle as you know i'm not always up there yeah but when i am i, I try to help out and we had a, a a mother or grandmother in there just a few weeks ago and uh it's like hey is there anything i could do to help and she said yeah i'm looking for a compass i said well we've got a, a few compasses over yeah. here and uh, so I was looking at the difference and I'm not always well first in exactly what our inventory mm -hmm. is. So I'm looking at them. She's like, well, what's the what's the difference between these two? You know, they're the same price. I said, well, you know, I, it's really on, you know, how much, you know, you guys are going to use maps. And she says, why? I said, well, because this one has uh, measurements listed. and This one doesn't on the compass where you mm -hmm. can measure out your distances and and everything. And she was like, oh, well, sure. And you can just hear it in her voice. She's like, oh, well, of course this mm -hmm. is uh, what this tool is for, right? <laughs> uh, but, you know, you're coming about a map and a compass. I think about, and I'm holding up my phone right now. You know, a lot of people, this is a map. Sure. But, yeah, you're in the woods, man. Uh, <laughs> you can't count on this. Well, you know, you can make a mistake, right? You can go out and not put it on airplane mode. You don't have a power source with you. So, you know, you get out there. It's roaming for about two and a half hours. Next thing you know, your phone's down. You didn't bring a little uh, battery charger, and you can't recharge it. So you don't have your cord out there. Next thing you don't, uh, your wayfinding is cut down to just your experience on the trail if you if you're on a new trail uh you may be somewhere that uh provides pause you know i think a headlamp is another one you know if you're buying a a gift for any any person a headlamp is a nice being benighted uh is always problematic and it's always nice to have a, a light in your tent obviously so those are those are fun, you know, getting the headlines is mm -hmm. super fun too to get a gift. You know, you always want to have that. Kyle loves it when all of his new Cub Scouts get headlamps <laughs> yeah. because then he doesn't need, you know, any other reason to stay up all night. Exactly. He just sees like little fireflies all over the Yeah. We have a rule that it has to stay pointed down at yeah. all times <laughs> when you're camping because if not, you will get blindsided by, you That's know, right. he just should tell all those guys to get the ones with the, you know, the, the red, That's, the uh, red yeah. lights uh -huh. as well. So you just go, you you got to go on red mode so you don't blind everybody. Well, yeah. Now they got like green too. Yeah, know? yeah. It used to be just you know white light and, and red light, and mm -hmm. now it's green light. I can't remember what the green light's for. It's like some Our, animals can yeah. see it, some yeah. can't. Yeah. Since we're talking gear, I'm a bit of a gearhead, so and I want to know some kind of new you know camp gear outdoor gear that you have found here lately that's something that you really enjoy messing around with something it can be hiking base camping whatever you something want. that we might use so like you know keep your alpinist uh, ski stuff to yourself <laughs> <laughs> you know uh 
BioLite makes a car camping grill. And uh, the cool thing about the BioLite grill, which is kind of a crazy thing, is it generates and has a a, a charger. Oh, that's the, right. You can the, charge your phone on it while you you're You can cooking. charge devices mm-hmm. on your phone. So if you're camping, you could do your phone. You could do GPSs. You could do uh, your computer. It's kind of a crazy thing that it actually is on the side of this grill. The advantage of the grill, besides cooking food on it, is you go to a lot of places that, that have leave no trace, right? And you don't mm-hmm. want to have a fire scar from your night of camping. Yeah. So you can have, you know, your your little campfire in the uh, bottle light grill. That's a pretty cool yeah. thing, I think. Obviously, not going to carry it. I definitely anywhere. want, I haven't got one of those yet, but I definitely want one of those. <laughs> and then I think if you're taking one thing into the woods and, and and I carry it everywhere, but if I was being responsible with people, I would probably carry a Garmin inReach. It's a, a navigation tool, but it's also got an SOS feature. So you can press that if you, if something goes bad. And, oh, okay. Uh, it's got a satellite uh, tracking It'll notify the local authorities. They'll come in and get you, and you can also text off of it. So you could say, hey, uh, so-and-so, I've got a sprained ankle out here, and I need some help. Could you come to such-and-such trail? I'm four miles up, and hmm. and we got somebody we need to carry out. So, Dawson, I know this is – this is we're interviewing you, but since you mentioned the SOS and, and people not knowing how to, you know, really be prepared to interact with the Have outdoors. Have you the button? Well, I've, I've almost <laughs> wanted to once. The, the only time in my life that I've ever thought I could die out here and no one would know Yeah, was in the, what is it, 10,000 Islands area of coastal Everglades down in Florida. We did a canoe trip. Where we yeah, I don't like, do alligators. We were kinda, well, what's funny, <laughs> what's funny is that we did this trip, and we didn't know this part, but we did this trip, this was a decade or so ago, me and some friends, we did this trip, and um. We didn't realize that there's like an alligator mating season (laughs) and and they all go into the heart of the Everglades. Okay. So they leave the brackish waters and and go in. So there weren't, we didn't see a single alligator for this whole trip, but we were out kind of on the coastal side in, you know, what felt like four foot waves in a canoe. And, um, you know, it's the first time I ever thought, and we, we had researched, you know, that's another thing I always recommend is like, fine, if you want to do something big, find a good book a good resource that everyone agrees on so we had we had found that whatever that book was i still have it to this day as a memory and we read it all we rehearsed we practiced we did all the prep stuff and even with all that um i remember being out there on the water fighting those four foot waves in a canoe you know where you're turning and you're, you're facing the breach of the, the wave and you're you know you got to head up you, you, you don't want to uh i'm not saying the right word but you don't want to meet a wave horizontal <laughs> You do, canoe, not, you, you, know? you do not. And I do think you're making a really good point because uh, somehow sitting in your couch and planning a trip, you know, when you're, you're talking about how far we should go for a hike, you know, when you throw out terms like, oh, you know, let's just do an easy, you know, five mile hike. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> five can be, when you get to the trailhead, five's real like i mean when you're planning these things you might want to test this out like get in your car and turn the odometer and and (laughs) as as you drive as you drive to the grocery store get a handle on what five miles looks like and especially the overzealous people that say 
Well, I think 15 is a good starter hike. You Woo! drive drive 15 mm-hmm. miles and yeah. in four foot ways with a loaded canoe and, and and going out there. You know, if, if you're local here, grab your canoe on a bad weather day and go out to Chickamauga Lake and get blown around, and you may find a couple hundred yards is is a big day. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, Dawson, this has been a very educational segment. <laughs> I have a guy that doesn't have a lot of experience with outdoors, but I certainly learned a lot, and I hope a lot of our listeners out there did as well today. So thank you so much. Yeah, and thanks Dawson, for having me. I have to interrupt one thing and say that because of Sean's involvement in the Boy Scouts, he is learning new things about the outdoors. I think, I, you, I, I th- I think you're ready. Well, I, I'm going to I'm going to close. I'm, Kyle I, knows what I'm talking. I know about. where Jared's going with this, so I'm going to close with this question for you, Dawson. In all of your years of hiking, have you ever went hiking in a pair of jeans? Uh, certainly, am I? Yes, prior prior to uh, prior to adulthood. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well. I, <laughs> See, he wanted to say I, before I knew any better. That's what he was about to I'll, say. I'll candidly admit that I made my first visit to Skymont at the latter part of June, and I wore a pair of jeans and a pair of running shoes. Yeah, not so much. And, uh, <laughs> oh, and so it wasn't normal jeans I, either. No, I haven't. I, I have no, not. Been, buckle. I have, been, I have yeah. been paying the price ever since I went for my jeans. Of course, I, I was a little uncomfortable in jeans because it was so hot, but that was nothing compared <laughs> to wearing the improper shoes. The shoes were much more brutal than the jeans were. What did you so wear? I, did, I wore a pair of uh, Nike running shoes. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, the shoes on those trails with rocks and, you know, roots of trees and all that kind of stuff. After, I don't know, a mile or so of that, it starts to wear on your feet. And those so, aren't like exactly Dawson, as you know. The, the the simple walking trails around Skymont are not exactly backcountry trail. No. Yeah, yeah. You know we have a thing that's uh, there's no such thing as bad weather, only inappropriate clothing. And and so uh, <laughs> if you've got the right clothes and the right footwear, uh, your day can be a lot more pleasurable. Yeah. Cotton is not appropriate. Yeah, it's appropriate for dinner. Well, at a restaurant. Yeah, I I learned my lesson. On that note, we're going to take a quick break for Jared Pickens, Cupmaster Kyle. I'm Sean Whitfield, and more Scout on Chattanooga to come after this brief message. We'll be back with more. This is Scout on Chattanooga, the podcast. Did you hear that? The outdoors are calling. Are you ready for an adventure of a lifetime? Camping, hiking, shooting sports, wilderness survival, and so much more. Your new adventure is waiting for you in a Scouts BSA troop. Go to CherokeeAreaBSA.com to find your path to youth leadership. Hello there. My name is Maddox and I'm a Cub Scout. I'm here to talk to you today about becoming a Cub Scout like me. Cub Scouts get badges for doing fun activities and we make friends. Scouts go camping, climbing, fishing, and swimming together. We have fun. We play sports and go to parades. Scouts also help people and become the very best versions of themselves. Visit BeASCout.org and you'll be able to find a pack near you, get your questions answered, and sign up online. 
Now back to Scout on Chattanooga. As we continue Scout on Chattanooga, I am Sean Whitfield along with Jared Pickens and Cubmaster Kyle. A very fascinating uh, conversation with our guest today, Dawson Wheeler. It's truly a pleasure to uh, have him join us. And gentlemen, uh, would you agree? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, just learning his story of how he you know, came up with this idea in high school and being able to follow through with it, I think is awesome from a career standpoint. And then the outdoor experiences that that man has had, like super envious of all of the great adventures that he has gotten to do. But I love about how he related that that scouting, you know, Scouts BSA and Cub Scouts gives our kids the chance to go on some of these adventures and to not have to break their piggy bank because of some of the fundraisers that we do, like Moon Pies that are kicking off right now. Mm -hmm. And his comment about being gone seven straight weeks, uh, I've gotten to know Dawson over the last few years because they do their podcast from my studio. And... uh, literally for almost two months they don't do any day fire podcast because he is uh, always out in the west or midwest and uh always skiing or hiking or whatever it may be mm-hmm. yeah I, I think it's um to kyle's point sometimes we forget you know those of us who are involved in scouting you know we, we think about all the money we spend doing scouting but Dawson being in that industry knows how much more somebody could spend. I mean, mm-hmm, that's, you know, sometimes sure. we forget how cheap it is yeah. um, to, to do scouting. And a lot of that is the guide cost, you know, because we have training and preparation and manuals and adult volunteer leaders that offer protection and create safe environments. And, you know, that's where a lot of the costs for some of these really, you know, uh, I don't want to say advanced, but the, these really, the really fun um, outdoor adventures comes from is you've mm-hmm. got to have a guide and you've got to have equipment and you've got to, you know you got to do that stuff and yeah i think his point about how scouting what did he say kyle uh scouting overcomes barriers he talked yeah. about uh people having an automatic barrier to getting into the outdoors getting and scouting is a, is a path through those barriers exactly yeah so that was really what stuck out to me yeah and i love this gear recommendations i could probably sit here and talk about gear i almost broached a uh, edc question there for a minute, but uh, for the EDCers out there, what is EDC? Everyday carry. Okay. Learn something else today. So it's it's just the the tools that people carry with them on a daily basis. Kyle gotcha. knows about it. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I'm about to buy me a new one. A new what? I'm gonna get me a new Leatherman that I found Ooh. that I really want. I want to see it. I have a picture of it. I haven't bought it yet. I got I got, <laughs> I got a new pocket knife on me right now. Oh, do you? Mm-hmm. Mm. We'll have to do a pocket dump in a second. Sean, do you know what a pocket knife is? <laughs> do you know what a pocket uh, dump is? Yeah, I, I happen to know exactly what that <laughs> is. So a pocket knife, Where? Where? which jean pocket do you I, put yours I got in? me a new pair of gloves the other day for the gym. Does that count? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Kyle missed it. Did you know what I said? No, I missed it. I said, which pocket, which jean pocket do you put your, your knife in? <laughs> All right. So this enough, little, this little, enough this of that this nonsense. Last, I think we should, Kyle, me and you should make a, uh, we probably should leave the jeans behind. Well, okay. It'll episode. be a jean truce. What a jean truce. Uh, okay. One, one last comment and then we'll, we'll put this to bed. What do you guys wear during the winter months when you go hiking or you go to Skymont? I've got um, 
some Eddie Bauer Adventure Guide pants that are kind of a poly nylon blend, so they're they're kind of stretchy. You can get any of those anywhere you want. And then uh, if I need an underlayer, you know, I can use some type of uh, tights. Um, I like, uh, I think they're Under Armour heat gear is what I use. Mm-hmm. You know, you can use them under it. So the, the, you can get them at Costco too. They have these 32 degree leggings like stuff that works really mm-hmm. well. I have a pair of Coleman jeans. Yes, Coleman makes jeans, but it's <laughs> not. It's like a stretchy jean and it's wool lined on the oh. inside for winter camping. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, so the I think the key is Sean that if you if you're going camping in the winter, you're going to want something to protect your legs from the wind, mm-hmm. but it's that underlayer that actually keeps you warm, not the outer layer. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. All right. So uh, we'll put closure to this conversation. <laughs> about, about <jeans. laughs> All right, it is uh, about time for us to uh, close. So, Jared, any closing comments before we go? You know, it is. Uh, it's just a really exciting time for scouting. I, I remember back in the spring, we were looking forward to summer camp and summer activities and all those things. Now, getting into the fall seeing some of the achievements you know we're up right now about four almost five percent in youth membership um compared to to last year our new scouts joining number uh is about 50 percent up for the month of august which is great so people are really starting to to get back involved into scouting we just held our great hawassi river raft race with several hundred youth and adults involved safely and so it's just great to see some of this happening and fully back at it, yeah. you know. And and scouting here continued. I think it was, Kyle, you may remember yesterday at the luncheon, I think I said it was 3,555 total in-person event entities mm-hmm. in 2021. Yeah. Um, so scouting has always gone on despite the pandemic. Um, but, you know, we did more social distancing and there was elements that we had to streamline. And now we're kind of back full force. It just feels really good to be back full force. It Wouldn't does, you agree, yeah, for Kyle? sure. Um, super excited. We've had some great recruitment numbers come out of my pack in Ringgold. Um, we're now over seventy scouts uh, and still and still gaining. So uh, it's super exciting to to see kids coming to scouting. And you know, our mission is to get kids in scouting and to keep kids in scouting. And and right now, I think packs and troops, units across uh, the entire council are doing a fantastic job of doing just that. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And seeing those Eagle Scouts yesterday at the luncheon was man, that was super cool. It was really great. And Nikki, mm-hmm. you know, Nikki's one of our newest uh, female Eagle Scouts from mm-hmm. Jasper. You know, we had Eagle Scout from Rock Spring, Georgia, Jasper, Tennessee, Hickson, Tennessee, um, and Chickamauga. Chickamauga. Yep. You know, I mean, it's just just the the location diversity alone is just mm-hmm. it reminds you of how big this thing is it's not just it's not just a few kids it's a whole bunch and it's not just one place it's all over exactly scoutmaster kyle is there uh, any final words from you sir you got an upgrade uh scoutmaster yeah, we're gonna make <laughs> it's because i have to have surgery that's why uh you know i'm excited because i have to mention it it is moon pie season <laughs> and i got a little teaser this morning about first order numbers and that's something that i pay a lot of attention to and i just have to say that we are already beating last year's first order numbers oh great um from the different units so that's super exciting 
that they're more confident in their selling abilities and you know we're a little past you know the heat of covid now so they're going to be able to get out there and do more show and sales and stuff and super excited about that because a large percentage of all of their sales go right back into the unit to make sure that these kids get to keep scouting we're getting them in scouting now and then come this fall we're going to be able to keep them in scouting by helping them afford more opportunities to do things within scouts a hundred percent local as well Mm -hmm. local product made by local people owned by local owners sold by local scouts to benefit local scouts that's awesome you demand if you see somebody out selling moon pies beginning September uh, 10th, I'm, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping I just don't drive by and see Marvin on the side of the street again. <laughs> moon pies. Get your moon Get pies. Get your moon pies. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's, uh, for everyone, that's that's Kyle's dad, Marvin, who's a fantastic human Old being. Old man river. Yeah. Yeah. And I tell you, I, I'll tell you, man, uh, he's country. Yes, he is. But yeah. those kids love... I think you said there was uh, someone really disappointed he wasn't going to be their den leader this year. Exactly. Yeah. 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 One of our little lions last year was super sad that he was our arrow of light. We will lose two den leader. Because <laughs> he gets the older kids because he does better with them. Sure. Right. Uh, but the, yeah. Like kid almost started crying that dad wasn't going to be his den leader. Oh, oh man. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Scout on Chattanooga. Go to the Scout on Chattanooga Facebook page for any suggestions and comments about today's podcast. Click on the subscribe button at your favorite podcast platform for all future podcasts. For Jared Pickens, Cupmaster Kyle, I'm Sean Whitfield, and thank you for listening. This has been another episode of Scout on Chattanooga, presented by the Cherokee Area Council BSA. To learn more about scouting in the Tennessee Valley, join a unit, or donate and become a friend of scouting, visit CherokeeAreaBSA.org. And be sure to join us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And use the hashtag TNGAScouts to stay up to date with the youth leaders in our area.